Thanks, Trav. Morning, everyone. How's everyone feeling? Beautiful sunny day. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day again to all you dads out there. Hope you got those special little cards and those little gifts that the, the kids make. It's always, it's always nice. You know, little pictures, and I love it. It's great. So thank you, Zoe, for all my Father's Day stuff this morning. And kids, it's awesome. Um, let's, let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you have done for us for every word that you have ever spoken over us, for every word you've spoken to us. We thank you, Lord God, for your calling upon our lives. We thank you, Father, for the way that you have designed each of us, the way that you intend to use each and every one of us to serve your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that today you would have your way in us. That you would speak this morning, that you would, you would bring to the surface, Holy Spirit, the things that you want to deal with in our lives. And that as we finish the word this morning and, and go into a, a time of worship after, that just like last week, we would enter into that time and that place of healing where, where you want to heal some things in us, Lord God, where you want to do a work in us that will change us, that will establish us, that will remind us, Lord God, of who we are in you and the importance of all the things that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, I, I'm going to be, is there salt up here? If I kick that off, I'm not doing it on purpose, okay? Um, I'm going to be pretty, pretty open and, and can- thanks, <laughs> candid with you guys uh, this morning about something in my life that, that has been a real challenge for me lately. Um, th- those of you who, who know me know that I, 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 don't, I don't really like talking about myself. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really like opening up and talking about my feelings and, and how I... Like, I just... I don't even do it with Zoe. The stuff I'm going to tell you today, I haven't even talked to Zoe about, okay? So, this, I really... It's normal. She's, she's used to it. Uh, I just... I, I don't like it, okay? I just... I, I don't like doing it. Um, so, I don't really feel comfortable doing this, but I, I feel this is, this is what... Thanks, Trav. This is what, what God wants to do. Uh, not just not just in me, and this is the thing. I, I don't I don't feel like what I'm talking about is is just for me, but God wants to do something in all of us because he he wants to to bring healing. Like last week, we had a great time of ministry, and God brought healing, and, and he, he brought some stuff to the surface in in people's lives, and was dealing with some stuff. And, and I genuinely believe that He wants to do that again this morning. So yeah, last week we were talking about uh, where did the joy go? Where did the joy of our service of God go? And how, you know, over the last couple of years, especially with church shutdowns and lockdowns and all the stuff we've been through and, and trying to, to come back to church and just get things going again, like the ladies with, with, with Embrace, you know, it's like trying to, to get everything up and running again. There's this, 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 this like weight that's there. And, um, and like, 
the, the joy we had for the service to, for our service to God just wasn't where it used to be and we were doing things because we knew we should be doing things and things needed to be done but there wasn't that passion and that fire and that desire in our service it was just doing it because we knew it needed to be done and, and God wanting to restore that joy in us of our service to his kingdom and, and so again today I, I'm not doing this I, I don't, don't feel comfortable doing this. I want you to feel sorry for me. I'm doing it because I feel like this is what God wants to do. And I know that I'm, I'm not the only one who's been dealing with things like this. So uh, on Wednesday morning, I was here. I was up in, up in my office just trying to, to pray, trying to read, trying to do all that stuff. I was just having a really hard time of it. And, and I, I can't even really explain to you why I was having such a hard time. But I was trying to worship, I was trying to sing, I was trying to pray, I was trying to read, I was trying to do it all. And I just had nothing, like I was just getting nowhere. I couldn't, I couldn't hold a thought, like I'd read a sentence and be like, what did, what did I just read? Like it just wasn't, wasn't sticking, I, I just felt like blank, I just felt emptied and didn't matter what I tried to do. I tried to block out everything and just worship and it's like just wasn't getting in. Just nothing was happening. And so I was just struggling. I was trying for like half an hour, an hour just to to do something and I just couldn't bring myself to to do anything. It was just, there was just nothing there. And then, then I, I just, I just started crying. I just, I just started crying, and I just started saying things to, to God. Like, I guess this is what was in me and what, what needed to come out. But, but I, was just, I was just saying things to God like, I don't feel worthy. God, I don't feel capable. I, I, like, I, I just, I, 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 I don't know who I am, God. Like, I, I, I know what you've called me to do, and I, and I know you've called me to do this, God, but I just, I don't, I, I don't feel worthy. I, I don't feel like I can do it. I, I just feel like I, I've been, I, I'm stretched, and I've just got nothing to give, and I know, God, that I should be in here right now praying and reading and studying and doing the things that, that I know I need to do, but I just, I feel like I can't do it. I feel like I'm, I'm getting nowhere, and, 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 and I know you've called me to this, but I'm scared of failing, and I'm scared of falling short, and I'm scared that I'm not enough, and I feel like there are so many people who could do this better than me, and I was just running through all of this stuff in my mind, and I was just crying as I was doing it, like, God, what is going on? And again, I'm not, I, I try not to be this really emotional person like this, but I just, I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't control it. And I was just like, God, I'm not worthy. God, I'm not capable. I'm, I'm not enough, and there's so many people who could, who could do it better than me. And after I'd finished whatever you want to call that moment, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, it's because you don't value yourself. It's because you don't value yourself. And so that started my study for this week's message. Finding value in yourself so that you can find value in the things that you do. Finding value in yourself so that you can find value in the things that you do. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, 
and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. So we have John the Baptist, who was called by God to be the forerunner of Christ, to, to be the one who came before Christ to prepare the way, to kind of begin to teach people about the need for repentance and baptism and being changed and, 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 and being washed, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, he, he came before Jesus, he preached a message, and he knew that he was called and set apart by God for the work that he was doing. Like he, he, he knew that about himself. He knew that that's what he was called to do. He knew that that's where he needed to be. He knew that he needed to be the one to preach the word, to tell people about the truth, about repentance and their need for repentance and their need for baptism and to be washed of their sins and all that kind of stuff. He knew who he was and he knew what he needed to be doing. Yet when Jesus came along, though he knew what he was called to do, when Jesus asked him to baptize him, his answer essentially is... Who am I before you, Jesus, that I can do this for you? Who am I, Jesus, that I could do this to you? I'm not worthy of baptizing you. It is you who should be doing this to me, is essentially what he's saying to to Jesus. He's saying, Jesus, I, I, I can't baptize you. You're Jesus. You're the King of Kings. You're the one who I'm paving the way for. You're the one who has been prophesied about coming, who will restore mankind in our relationship with God. And, and Jesus is coming to John and says, John, baptize me. John, I, I, I can't, Jesus. Like, who, who am I before you to serve you in this way? Who, who am I that you come to me, Jesus? And so, so John, John the Baptist, in, in this moment, in this instance, he, he didn't feel qualified to do what he was called to do. He no longer felt worthy because of who stood before him. He no longer felt worthy because of who stood before him. He, he knew that his, his role was incredibly important and it needed to be done. But when Jesus is standing before him, He's like, who am I, Jesus, that I could do this to you? And like that, that's, that's how I felt on Wednesday morning. I was like, who, who am I, Jesus, that I can serve you this way? Who am I, Jesus, that I get to be here and, and do, who am I, Jesus, that I get to stand here and, and, and speak? Who am I before you, Jesus? So in a similar vein to what we spoke about last week, we need to learn to recognize where this feeling and where this thought that we are unworthy or unvaluable comes from. And see, that's the thing, it's, it, it's feeling unvaluable like what i have to give is not valuable enough that that's the thought we need to deal with so first corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 11 says do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators idolaters adulterers homosexuals sodomites thieves nor covets, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such, were, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, 
but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Here's Paul talking to the Corinthians saying, you, you, you guys were all these things. You were fornicators. You were idolaters. You were homosexuals. You, you were all these things that was opposing to what the truth of God was talking about. You were all these things before, but now you have been washed. You have been sanctified. and You have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And there is so much truth in this scripture in that all of us before we met God in some way, shape or form fell into at least one of these, if not more of these categories. Right, we we in some way fitted into these things that Paul is talking to the Corinthians, saying, "This is who you were before Christ came and sanctified you and washed you." But verse eleven of that gives us the hope that we need that we are now sanctified and made whole in Christ, and that we are made worthy. And see, this this is where our understanding fails at times that we have been made worthy. And because Christ has made us worthy and given us roles, responsibilities, work to do here on earth for his kingdom, because we are sanctified, because we are washed, because we are cleansed, there is value in what we do in our service to the kingdom of heaven. We see that the the reality is if God wanted to, he could just take control of everything and he could do it all himself. And and he could have forced humanity in the beginning to just follow him and and serve him blindly and we wouldn't have had a choice and and maybe we, we, we... we never would have sinned, but we wouldn't have truly have chosen to love him and chosen to follow him. So this is what God did when he gave us free will. He brought this kind of thing into in, in motion. And so we need to understand that when we are washed and when we are sanctified and made whole by the blood of Christ, we, and we're given the, the responsibility of serving the kingdom of God here on earth, right? as humans who still experience the flesh, and at times the flesh is still weak, we, 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 we all know this, we look at what we're doing in the flesh, we look at how we're feeling in the flesh, and, and we use how we feel in the flesh to try and decide whether or not we are justified to serve God and what He's called us to do. But it's not about the flesh. God has sanctified and redeemed our spirit so that we're connected with Him. And we've been talking about this for a long time and talking about the reality of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us and the difference between the spirit and the flesh. And we need to learn, continually to learn, to separate the two when we're talking about how we're feeling it and, and how we can serve God. Because is, is, is my flesh useful in serving the kingdom of God? Probably not, because my flesh is still does things that it shouldn't, still wants things that it shouldn't. Still chases after things. But, but because of what Christ has done in me, and because my, my spirit has been washed, and my spirit has been sanctified, and, and my eternal self ha- has, has been washed and sanctified, God can use us and wants to use us because what we do when we're working in Him and what we do when we're serving Him is valuable because it's working to serve His eternal plan and, and, and his, his idea for the redemption of, of humanity. What we do in service to God matters because of what he's done for us. 
It doesn't matter because of who we are and we can feel good and we can have opportunities. It only matters because of what Christ has done. And we're only able to serve Him because He's made us worthy, because He's sanctified us. And when our flesh is weak and when our flesh is feeling like, who the heck am I? Like, who am I, God, before you? He's saying, I have made your spirit whole so that you can serve me. I have made you worthy. I've washed you. I've sanctified you. I've I've done everything that I need to do in you to make it so that your service to me and your service to my kingdom is valuable. So uh, again, last week we talked about it's the enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour, who desires to use our past flaws to remind us of why we're not worthy. And our need here is, is is to not forget that though maybe once we were not worthy, we are now in Christ Jesus. And even though our flesh is still weak, we are still made worthy in Christ Jesus. See, one, one mistake in the flesh doesn't overtake what Christ did in us. One mistake in the flesh doesn't overtake what Christ has done in us. And it's when we make those mistakes in the flesh that we say, God, who am I before you? God, who am I to serve you? God, I'm not capable. I'm not. You know what? In the flesh, we're not. But in the spirit, we are. And we need to stop, and it's difficult, and we're going to struggle with this for our entire lives, okay? But we need to stop thinking that the flesh and the spirit are the same, because they're separate, okay? And we've talked about this a, a, a while back, but our flesh is not saved. Our our flesh is not redeemed. Our spirit is saved and redeemed by the blood of Christ. Our flesh will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Our spirit will inherit the promise of the kingdom of heaven. And so we, we can't judge ourselves and find value in ourselves or in what we do based on how we feel in the flesh. It's about what he's done in our spirit. It's so hard for us to understand that we have value and that what we do truly matters. It's hard for us to, 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 to grasp that and to understand that what we do in service to God truly matters. The getting up early on a Sunday morning for the worship team and, and the guys, were like, it matters. The coming in on a Saturday and, and, and cleaning up, like, that matters. The running of the youth group on the front, it matters. The, every, every little thing matters and, and it's hard for us to often see and to find value in what we do because we could say, well, yeah, I clean, but... Anyone could do that. Yeah, but you did it. So there's value in it. 
we, we, we need to, we, we need to, we need to, to grasp this. So l- l- let me ask you this. How many of you have felt at some stage in your life that what you do doesn't really matter? I know I have. You don't have to put your hands up if you don't want to, but if you want to join me, you can. How, how many of you felt like that, that, that what you do doesn't really and hasn't ever really made a difference in the lives of others? And that's because you don't value yourself. I think it was when we had um, uh, Pastor Zoran here a couple of weeks back on, on the Wednesday night. Keith got up and, and was saying something, and he talked about something in a book that, that he'd read that, said, that, that talks about even the, most, even the most introverted person who does everything they possibly can to avoid every social situation ever. Even the most introverted person over the course of... And this is... Studies have been done on this. I'm not just making this up. Over the course of their life, the most introverted person that you could possibly think of will impact at least 10,000 people. 10,000 people for even the most introverted person. So if you're extroverted, you could double that, triple that, whatever you want to do. But like you think of 10,000 people are going to be in some way impacted by my life, whether positively, negatively, whatever. So how can we say that our lives are not valuable if we have the opportunity at a, excuse me, at a bare minimum to impact 10,000 people? Like that matters. The impact you have on that 10,000 matters. And, and we can think, yeah, but there's going to be 10,000 other people who are going to impact that person as well. Yes, and that matters. It, it, it all matters. The impact that we can have on people's lives as believers, as, as children of heaven, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, the impact and the value that, that we can have in, in, in somebody's life in a moment matters. And it's valuable. And, and, and like I said, we're, we're going to struggle with this. And I'm probably still going to struggle with this in, in having these moments where like, God, who am I? I'm not valuable. What I do doesn't matter. Anyone can get up in here and speak. Anyone can make a few phone calls. A- anyone can sit in an office and, 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 and pray and read if they have the time to do it. Like, who, who am I to do it? We're all going to have these moments. But understanding that the time and the opportunities and the moments that we've been given by God matter eternally to Him. And we have the opportunity to impact our community and the world around us and however far God wants to stretch you and stretch your influence and stretch your impact, what you do matters and what you do is valuable to the people around you. I know that as a father at times and I'm sure that that probably most of if not all of you fathers in this room have felt at times like we're unworthy of doing it and like who am I to do this and, 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 and how am I going to be capable of raising these kids to be decent people in the future. I, I, I don't have what it takes. And I can imagine that we've all been there and, and maybe my kids aren't old enough yet, but they get to a point and you see them start making mistakes and doing wrong things. And you're like, was I worthy? Did I do it right? Did, where, where did I go wrong? No, we need to value the opportunity that we have to impact and influence the lives of the people around us. So last Sunday, while we were praying for people after the service, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me, and I now understand why. He said, 
It's impossible to find value in what you do if you don't find value in yourself. And it's near impossible to find value in yourself when you feel like no one finds value in you. It's impossible to value what you do if you don't find value in yourself. And it's near impossible to find value in yourself if you feel like no one finds value in you. So there are some of us here this morning who have not been treated as valuable by some of the people close to us who've been used, treated like we're nothing. And even though God has become such an integral part of our lives and his word speaks a lot on how we're valued and we're precious in his sight, we still have a great difficulty understanding that he values us and that what he has called each of us to do does matter because it's for his kingdom, it's for his glory, and it's for his name. Just because the people close to you haven't valued you the way that you deserve to be valued, it doesn't mean that your service to God is not valuable. Just because somebody in the past, or maybe even right now, I don't know, has used you to get what they want, and then when they got it, they just ditched you, doesn't mean that you were not valuable to God. And it doesn't mean that when we serve God that he's going to do the same thing because that's not who he is. That's not what he does. What you do matters. Who you are matters. It's going to sound super cliche, but... The world would not be the same without you. This community would not be the same without you. This church would not be the same without you. Your church, if you're a visitor, wherever you come from, would not be the same if it wasn't for you. You bring value to the places you are. In, in your workplace, in your family, whatever the situation looks like, you bring value to the places that you exist in. And what you do there matters. What you do there is valuable. Who are you to serve God? You are called by him. You, you are precious in his eyes. You are loved by the creator God, the king of kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the one and the only, the first and the last. You are loved by him. And he has called you and given you an opportunity to serve his kingdom. And he doesn't do it just so he's like, I just got to make sure everyone has something to do. No, he's given you whatever he's given you to do because he values 
values you and he values the way that you and you alone are capable of serving his kingdom in whatever that aspect is. It's not, uh, it's not God's like, oh, I've got 10 left over, let's just throw them in here and let's just see what happens. He has designed you and equipped you with everything that you need to accomplish all that he has given you to do. And every single role and responsibility in the kingdom of heaven is valuable in God's eyes because we are all the same in God's eyes. None of us are better or lower or higher or anything thing than anybody else. We all, assert, we all do our best to serve God in the capacity that he's called us to. And we need to understand that that is valuable to the kingdom of heaven. And that is valuable to God. So... This morning, let God bring healing to you. If this is in any way speaking to you, if you have ever felt unworthy in serving God, unworthy as a mother, as a father, as if you ever felt unworthy, and if you've ever felt unvaluable, because of the actions of others. God wants to bring healing to all those pains in us. And he wants to show us that when we're in him, everything we do for him matters. Everything we do is valuable to his kingdom. We are valuable so much so that Christ died for us that we could know him and begin to know how much we are valued. So that we could know him and begin to know how much we are valued. How much our service to God's kingdom is valued. You know, when we understand that it's valuable, it's also easy to find joy in serving him because we feel like it matters, because we know that it matters, because we know that that kid that we spoke to on Friday night at the youth group was going through some stuff and we were able to talk them down and talk them out of doing something that they may regret for the rest of their lives. That's valuable and that matters. The conversation with the single mother after church who's come in looking for something, just wanted someone to talk to, just wanted someone to listen, that's valuable and that matters. The prayer that you pray every night for your cousin, for your brother, for your, your sis, for whoever, for, for your best friend from high school that you haven't seen in 25 years, that's valuable and it matters because it's service to the kingdom of God. Amy, Amy Roosh, do you guys want to come up and just set up and... Uh, prepare yourselves. So I, I, I want to finish as the girls prepare to lead us in worship. And the songs that, that, that Amy and Rishi have selected today are perfect. I think they're, they're just perfect for what we've been talking about. So I, I, I want to share with you six scriptures 
that I have on the wall in my office that I look to as a reminder of every time I start to feel this way that remind me that what I do does matter because it has been given to me and entrusted to me by God. So even though at times I feel unworthy and that what I do is, you know, unvaluable, these scriptures remind me of the truth. And all of these are found in the letters of Paul. If you guys want to start playing, you can, whatever you feel like doing. So the first one is Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks to the Father who has what? Who has qualified us. Colossians 1.25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. So Paul became a minister because God gave it to him. To fulfill the word of God. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. In hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. Which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. So what was it? It was committed to Paul. At the command of God our Savior. What you have been called to do has been committed to you at the command of God the Savior. So it's valuable. Ephesians 3, 5 to 7, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. So why was Paul called? According to the gift of the grace that God had given him. How were you called? By the gift of the grace of God who called you by the effective working of his power. First Thessalonians 2.4. But as we have been... These are the ones... I really love these last few. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel... Even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. You notice what that says? We have been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That he valued us enough, values us enough, to entrust us with the truth of who he is that sets people free. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant not of the letter, but of the Spirit. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. God, I'm not capable of serving you the way you've called. God, who am I to serve you in this way? God, who am I? I'm not worthy. No. 
our sufficiency is from God who made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. And the last one, my favorite one, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 11 and 12. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I I love that one. Who has enabled me because he counted me faithful. He counted me worthy. He counted me valuable. Putting me into the ministry. And your ministry is whatever God has called you to do. This isn't just ministry. Everything that you do in service to the kingdom of God is ministry. And why has he called you to do it? Because he enabled you and he counted you faithful and worthy, putting you in the position where you can serve his kingdom in that way. So now we're, we're going to stand and we're going to worship with, with Amy and Roosh. And... and same as last week, I'm just going to hang around up here. I'm going to ask, Trav's going to come and, and, and stand with me. And um, uh, Karen, maybe you can come up as well if, if need be. And if you want or need prayer, come and, and stand and we would love to pray while these guys worship. I'm just going to pray real quick and then we'll get into it. So Father God, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. We pray, Holy Spirit, that as we now go into a time of worship, where we're going to worship in response to what you've spoken to us this morning, that you would lead our hearts and our minds, Lord. And for those of us who you're calling to come forward because you want to bring healing, give us the boldness to step out and come and receive what it is you have for us in this place this morning, Lord God. And I pray your blessing and your anointing be upon Amy and Roosh as they lead us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship with these guys. If you want prayer, come forward.